Ah, it's about time you arrived. Dealing with this child has been quite a pain. Tell me why I did it. Every dream falling apart. Tell me why I did it. After the promise. Still I can, still I can. Oh, baby, I need your love. Looking so different, clearing streetlights. Heartbeat, heartbeat, it keeps on pounding. Heartbreak, heartbreak, you tell me goodbye. Heartbeat, heartbeat, it keeps on pounding. Heartbreak, heartbreak, you tell me goodbye. Just about now is that although now so is kind of handled badly or rather insufficiently as a trans narrative they don't they don't go there at all uh but they could have i think this is the frustrating part is like you know that persona team at atlas could write a a really solid or are you feel based on based on their other work mm. that they they could write uh, a really good arc that was pro trans and that had a character being trans and it was all good and positive and well done. But um, you think that they are going to do that with Naoto, or at least I did, uh, but it, it becomes a different thing. Maybe it never was that thing. Maybe they just, maybe just, we, we kind of didn't have the same objective Atlas and I, or didn't, didn't see the same things that were there. Because they they made it about something quite different. Yeah. Um, Before we go any further, I think you and I need to very quickly clarify a a small point as far as credentials go when we talk about now, so it can, Jay. Um, I'll put it on the board right now that I am cis and straight. Yep, same. Totally. I'm not going to pretend at any point, and if I do come across that way, then I do sincerely apologize. It's not intentional. But I'm not going to pretend at any point that I am going to be able to speak for trans people on how they might feel about Naoto's story, or similarly about how gay people might feel about Kanji's story, or generally speaking, how those who aren't um, cis or straight feel about the LGBTQ plus stuff that you could see here in Persona 4. Thank you thank you for saying this, because yes, it absolutely needed to be said, and, and the same holds true for myself. Yeah, so if you don't agree with what we say on uh, as regards to these two characters, you are more than within your rights to do so. Whether or not you are um, cis or not, straight or not, whatever you, you know, this is just our opinions. What I am going to say is that to me at least, Naoto's story is not a trans story. And it has hints of it, but it's not about being trans. Rather, Naoto's story is a cocktail of a couple of different things, which is sexism and also um, attribution failure, which is a concept in psychology, which essentially is getting shit mixed up. <laughs> mm. Now, Naoto is a detective and a detective, uh, you know, relies on logic. And throughout the story, once she has been introduced, uh, Naoto is constantly being, you know, played, looked down upon by the police, by everyone. Like, Naoto says, okay, the killer we thought we caught, which was Mitsuo, is not the real killer. It's not over. And the cops are all like, nah, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> You're not tall enough to ride the fucking teacups at Disneyland. Shove off, you little <laughs> shit. Direct quote, by the way. 
<laughs> Even the uh, investigation team uh, is a little bit miffed by the cold manner in which uh, Naoto is approaching the mystery in the beginning. Exactly. E- even they are a little down on her. Exactly. And Naoto, for a lot, for what I presume has been a lot of her history is like, as she's grown up being this detective, is basically not been taken seriously. And there are two reasons for that. One, because she's only 15, so she's a kid. And two, because she's a girl. So Naoto, being a person of logic, thinks, okay, I can solve this if A, I'm not a girl, and B, if I'm not, um, you know, if I'm older, if I'm grown up. Which is why her shadow features a long lab coat that doesn't fit, because she wants to grow into that. I might have said there that, you know, Naoto wants to be a girl, uh, sorry, wants to be a guy, in order to be respected, and that might seem like a trans story. And again, I must stress what I said before, don't take this as gospel, this is just my probably ill-informed this opinion on this. But I don't think that that's because of dysphoria. I think that's just because it's a means to an end. I think that you're right. I think I can I can say like that we, as like pro-trans people, I think we would very much like for this to be a trans narrative. But as you say, like there doesn't seem to be sign of dysphoria with her. It is simply just, she's almost indifferent to gender. You know, it's not necessarily that uh, she has always wanted to be a man. It's just it becomes a thing for her in her life all of a sudden when she realizes that to advance in her chosen career path, basically she needs to be a guy. Yeah. And that is when she begins to start presenting as a guy in order for solely for career advancement. Yeah. Um, I think I think otherwise she... Is kind of like, at least until she meets the main character and, and gets into a relationship with, with him, she's kind of almost genderless, or at least that's what she would like to be. She would like to not think about it very much. Now, so essentially comes to that conclusion, which is that it the fault lies with her, her being underage and her being a girl. When in reality, the fault lies in the preconceptions Uh, the gender inequality of society at large. I actually did a small bit of research on this because I felt this would be interesting to look up. Naoto's character design is very clearly patterned after um, Sherlock Holmes, you know, the top the hat the hat particularly <laughs> the coat yeah yeah and her social link makes makes reference to the phrase the game is afoot which was a line of Sherlock Holmes. Right. So I had a cursory glance on Wikipedia earlier and I wanted to see if there had been any any at all, any adaptations of Sherlock Holmes where Sherlock was a woman, uh, or played by a female actor. And there were a lot of actors for this role, as you might expect, so I had to skim read this because this was just before we started recording. <laughs> I could not find any that I saw. It was all guys. And animals. Yeah. In fact, the only female... <laughs> There's a mouse. There's a dog. Yeah. Sherlock Hound is an anime that exists. Basil the Great Mouse Detective. The Meg, yep, classic. Yeah. Classic. The only female in, um, interpretation that I know of is something that I saw in a H-Bomber Guy video about the <laughs> more recent, uh, shout to H-Bomb, by the way, yep. uh, more recent Sherlock series in which he mentions The Adventures of Shirley Holmes, which was, I uh, think, a Canadian kids cartoon. Wow. That's the leap you have to get to make Sherlock a woman. So there's no 
adaptation of Sherlock Holmes that exists that I know of that features uh, Sherlock as a female. And you might say to yourself, okay, Sherlock's a guy. What did you expect? I'm like, okay, fair. Off the top of my head, thinking about it, just as an exercise from my own personal knowledge, and there probably are more out there, so feel free to add in your own in the comments, I could only think of two television series since the turn of the century that I know of that feature a detective um, who is female and is the lead character. Um, the ones I'm thinking of are the Ashes to Ashes British TV series, uh, which was The Fault to Life on Mars, which is quite good. I definitely recommend that. And uh, Netflix's Jessica Jones series. I, I, I'm only speaking from my limited uh, yeah. memory here, but I think it's important that you can say that and then you can point to so many other shows like all the various CSI ones. I could go on. So, because now so specifically mentions in her, um, as a shadow, like she winds up patting herself after all the, you know, detectives and such that she saw on TV, all the cool male ones and such. And I think that her story is so very emblematic of a problem that Persona 4 articulates well and is also still endemic in our society, which is people need counter-narratives. Counter-narratives, I think, are one of the keys to truly helping people get out of their ruts. To essentially mm. tell mm -hmm. people, no, you're wrong. I can see why you think that way, but it's not true. True being a a really key word here uh, here's how it actually is and so Naoto of course has grown up in a society which you know doesn't put women in that particular fixative role I mean I even asked Gran um, from Blade Looking Thieves prior to this podcast this is the this is the depth of my research about it. I didn't go much for that but shouts <laughs> to Gran for answering this question for me. I'm speaking of you know adaptations that exist in western media I don't of course know much about eastern media beyond certain anime and even then I'm not anywhere near as educated as even Doc is, for example, or anyone else. And I'm sure that people have examples that they could say that counter my, why my argument. But I asked him, because I know of this being a popular franchise, in Sentai, with the exception of Shinkenja, because it's a plot point, but only a plot point and not all the way through, have any of the Red Rangers in, in Sentai been a girl or a woman? And he said no. So I'll make this political. We're having, you know, the gender equality movements going on right now, Me Too, etc. like that. You know, gain more representation of women in roles. Annihilation recently came out, which I believe featured a heavy female cast. I think it is important to have, you know, a media narratives and a lot of media that does speak to your group and speaks to your, your attributes. If Naoto had, for example, fiction that, you know, said that women could be just as good at detective work as the guys... Uh, which, funnily enough, she herself proves, she herself actually proves the narrative f that she has been fed false. Because she is good, she is very good at what she does. She's scarily good. But I think it's so accurate that she needs uh, a third party uh, or, or an outside observer to come in and validate the counter-narrative or, or, and tell her one. Because we are trapped inside our own brains and are, often fail to see how the messages that we've internalized, the narrative tapes that we play to ourselves over and over are false because, well, we're very selective about how we view things and what counts. And so I think that that's very true to life, that she really kind of realizes that when she reaches out to other people and befriends the group. Exactly. And she's the one who, in the end, um, apart from the main character, 
truly lays out what's happened with the murder mystery and actually helps solve it. In fact, the anime goes out of its way. This is getting ahead of talking about the anime because I do want to bring that up later, but I'll just mention this now. The anime actually separates the main character's, you know, discovery of Adachi's murder uh, and the confrontation out from Naoto and has her do it separately and come up with the conclusions separately. Because, well, like I've said before, if you write someone as having a particular role, they should fulfill that role within the story. And in the game, they Naoto doesn't, you know, come to the conclusion. The player has to make the choice based on the knowledge they know, which I'm totally mm. okay because that makes sense. It's testing you as the player on what you know. But in the anime, she actually comes to the, you know, the truth via her own line of thinking with the others, separate from the main character who figures it out with Yosuke when they, you know, merge together that in his level 10 scene, which I thought was really neat. And something else to mention about counter narratives, and this is going to tie into a topic I'll get to later, but something that I don't think people bring up a lot when they discuss the characters of Persona 4 is that with the exception of Chie and Risei, and I think that's pretty much it, all of the characters, including the main character, you know, your cipher, the nameless person you're puppeteering, have issues relating to parents, or rather the absence thereof. Naoto's parents, both of whom were detectives from what I remember, that includes her mother, which is important, were killed in a car crash. So she's being, yeah. she's being raised by her grandfather. I think that most of Naoto's issues would have never existed were it not for the fact that she could be reminded every single day she sees her of her mother being there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe that female detectives exist and can do what they do, but oh, here's my mum. Yeah. Easy, easy enough. And God bless Naoto's grandfather because he comes up with an amazing um, plot thread <laughs> for the social league, which is that he's going to set up this phantom thiefing. And I, <laughs> I, I honestly, who'd have thought it foreshadowed Persona 5? But hey, there yes. you go. Um, the, he essentially sets up this like fake crime for her to investigate, to take her mind off things. He's aware that she's going for a rough spot. And, and the fake crime, by the way, is is... The things that have been stolen are things that were very important to Naoto as a child, things that she made that were to do with being a detective and loving detective work, like a detective badge, like a decoding watch, I think maybe some kind of magnifying glass. And I think it's his way of trying to get her to look back at the past in a way to help her chart her course in the future. Hmm remember the time in her life when what was important was not you know trying to um mean impossible standard yeah, thank you that is yes tr- tr- wasn't important other people's expectations were not important what was important was her love and passion for being a detective yeah and to try to get her to like remember that i i have in the outline I, that's a healthy nostalgia, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, or at least you know, trying to recenter yourself based on uh, a healthier approach that you once had. Because I mean, you know, oftentimes things can get muddled and cloudy, and all kinds of things can divert our attention, and we lose focus. And her grandfather, in the best way that he knows how, trying to. Uh, help her refocus and i thought that that was uh quite admirable and again i think this is a lesson or at least something that we can uh try to imitate maybe in our own lives if if our own lives are 
mm. are hectic or we feel that they are they're spinning off off the rails a little bit and perhaps some reflection on our past selves and their focus or drive or, or what was important to us then could give us clarity. I absolutely agree. But regressively, in my opinion, as much as, I mean, I don't think her grandfather failed or did anything wrong or was stupid. He's just insufficient relative to two parents who can offer different perspectives. Now, so thinking I should become a boy, how much does that tie into, you know, the fact that are there any female people in her life, female adults, like are there maids, like who's helped her through feminine issues, etc.? Beats the fuck out of me. I like she didn't have any friends prior to the uh, really prior to the investigation team coming along. And speaking of cow narratives, um, there is a hot spring scene because there is naturally. But I actually don't mind it be- because for one, it's rendered in you know the Persona Four engine, so you can't really make out any particular details. Nor is it framed in such a way as to be fan servicey. Damn. <laughs> I'm sure people have drawn it. <laughs> and the anime was a thing as well. But anyway, it serves a couple of functions, one of which is to deliver a piece of uh, the pu- of the puzzle from Nanako, where she says, I don't open the door to strangers. That's relevant for Leia. But what is relevant in regards to Naoto is that this is all the girls, of course, sitting in the hot springs. And this is shortly after she's been saved. They make mention of certain feminine attributes that Naoto has, like the fact that her hair is silky or that, you know, her skin is soft. And in a later scene, which I'm not sure if this is aged well, to be honest, because it is basically Teddy, you know, letting lip on what the girls' measurements are to the rest of the guys. I mean, maybe in the context of teenagers, Never. <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> it's fine. It's that kind of banter that they have. I'll leave people to make their own judgment. I really don't know. <laughs> but it's revealed that now, so, that now so has the biggest bust size. Now, on one hand, the argument you can make is that's purely there for the male players. Don't you like this waifu put in front of you and all the waifu attributes that she's got? <laughs> you can make that argument, and I can't really account mm-hmm. it. On the other, um, taking aside from the fact that it is superficial stuff they're talking about here, Naoto's gain a counter-narrative. You have attributes about you as a woman that you can be proud of. Granted, I would have preferred that they also follow that up by saying that she's got a magnificent mind and that, you know, she's genuinely very talented at what she does. Yeah, that would... I feel like that would come across better. Give her both. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it is flattering to the game to read it as, like, them saying, why would you not want to be a girl? You got this banging girl bod. Yeah. And if you do make the case that Naruto has some kind of dysphoria, then, like, all that stuff is just uh, invalidating her feelings. It muddies it a bit. I think that it has to be said that as far as Atlas is writing goes with regards to you know potentially treading into trans or lgbtq plus issues i think that their crime is more that they're ignorant rather than willful with the exception Mm -hmm. of two characters from persona 5 Mm -hmm. fuck but we're not talking about persona 5 in the case here i think that it's ignorance rather than deliberate maliciousness and you would be very well within your rights to say that's worse you know, some of the biggest accidents in history have been caused by people being stupid <laughs> as opposed to willfully being twats. I'll leave it for people to decide on the your mileage may vary, you know, way of doing things on this. But I do think that the common thread for a lot of these characters is you're coming in to tell them a different perspective than what they've yeah. grown accustomed to. And it is very true that what Naoto goes through is a case of sexism. For sure. Now, that is muddied a bit by her being underage, but again, if 
I mean, I remember from my time doing psychology uh, studies at A-level that we learned of a kid in India who was only 10 and he was, he apparently was so smart. He had learned to be a, a surgeon and he was performing surgery in his village. Now this is all anecdotal, so I don't remember the name of the kid. This was quite a while ago. But generally speaking, if you have a kid or someone who is young who does still know their shit, I would argue to probably trust them on it. Or at least, you know, get an expert opinion to run against them rather than just dismissing it offhand. There are two final things I want to say about Naoto as well. First off, we mentioned before that when the shadows, um, when the person's shadow is, you know, accepted, that's not the end of their development. Uh, they still grow as a character. She in particular is who I thought of when you mentioned that. Yes. In her social link, it's it's it really is like um, she is taking steps forward and backward. Mm. Um, Rise has that a bit as well. But yes, I I think Naoto's is a good example of that uh, struggle in making progress and self-actualization and that, you know, we're never going to really be complete. You know, just because these characters, as you say, get to level 10, it doesn't mean then they're like, well, we did it. We're now complete people. Nope. And, Perfection. <laughs> yeah. And now so throughout the entire story, with the exception of a scene at Christmas, if you pick it, um, if you're objectively wrong, that is, or, as, you know. I know. But we'll get I know. I mean. We'll get started. Can, can I just, can, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about it now. Let because... me, let me finish my point quickly because it'll then oh, lead into this. Okay. Um, All right. But now so after accepting the shadow, um, prior to this, uh, she has been dressing as a boy, wearing boys out, the boy's school outfit and such to school. Uh, that does not change. The characters actually point this out when she comes back to school. And I really appreciate that it wasn't, again, like a one and done thing that, you know, she went back to wearing women's clothing. I thought that was really neat that they, you know, she said, I'm still figuring things out and I'm going to stick with what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. However, please go ahead, Doc, and tell us how they managed to fuck it up. Well, well, well. Funny, you should bring this up. If you choose to romance Naoto, and you, of course, have maxed her social link by uh, Christmas, you guys go on a Christmas date, and throughout your uh, time together, you have an option, you have a couple different times, right, where you can tell Naoto that you prefer her voice higher, more traditionally feminine, if you want to be a gender essentialist. Uh, (laughs) Or you can say, you know, I like you the way you are. And you have an opportunity to tell her about, uh, to to make that choice regarding her dress. Because as you say, she's not wearing dresses and what have you. But if you are telling her, hey, I like it when you talk high. I like it. I want to see you in a dress. I I don't like you wearing these boy clothes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you feed that stuff to her, she will then go to the Christmas date in uh, in a dress, in a school uniform for a lady that she's never worn in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Just for you. Yep. Just so you can see that for a minute. To appease you, the player. I mean... Ugh. No. It's... I don't have any more to add that. Why would no. you... Why would you... Why would any... Why would anyone tell her that? Why would any person with a heart... Even if you want to be really shallow, like her, her outfit with the hat looks way better than the regular uniform. This is not even. I mean, she's yeah, she's hot, just straight up. If you want like, to be shallow, 
That's that's still better. Just God, I mean, I can't imagine picking another choice than I like you the way you are. Don't change just because of me. Yeah. That that's why like I'm a lot more okay with her evolving in the golden ending. Yes. Because she didn't she didn't do it because I said so. In fact, she did it because you were there. So I can see where people would look at Naoto and the way she dresses and the way that she acts early in the story and the fact that she falls in love with you, the main character, a man, could seem a little disingenuous to what kind of they presented early on. It can seem maybe a little, uh, it can ring untrue to some people. Like I I get, I totally understand that. Mm. Um, But I think on the one hand, you have the things that we've talked about, the, the, the kind of reasons for her presenting as male. And on the other, you have the fact that like, clearly, uh, the main character is awakening feelings in her that she hasn't really felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's falling in love with this person. And you could say, like, well, she's the way she happens to be experiencing these feelings is as a woman. So she is discovering her kind of her womanhood and her sexuality through the main character. Um, it's the first time she's falling in love. And everything, mm-hmm. and so I I feel like those two together form at least a less problematic and coherent bridge from this Naoto who at the beginning you feel like wow this is a an LGBTQ plus character straight up right here to someone that is at the very like most bisexual and and at least like is you know a heterosexual gal in love with you, the main character. I will say that in the end, I think Naoto is a great character. I might have complained a little bit about certain things here and there, but it has to be said that she is just great. I appreciated, like, you know, the fact that for one, she's actually really competent at the job she professes to, you know, do. She Mm -hmm. knows all of her shit. She knows forensics. She knows logical thinking, reasoning. She's She's got a plan to actually try and catch the murderer, which she exercises. That's how she gets kidnapped, because she figures it out. She figures out how it's happening without you telling her. She is super cool. And I think that if it just had been honed a little more, it could have been a really strong, super strong, um, you know, example of how sexism, you know, can really negatively affect people. There's no, for example, discussion, unfortunately, say with... Risei and now so because Risei leans into her into her you know being a woman really hard on a superficial mm-hmm. level for her career and Risei's fine with that but you could have had some conversations built up here um that could have contrasted these opinions that don't really happen which is a shame one of the ways the game might lack a little bit at versus perhaps I have not seen the anime but what what the anime perhaps does of course all the characters are friends with you and drawn to you the main character but there really isn't as much dialogue among them as a group apart from you i mean i know you can only see your perspective on things as the main character just a you're kind of playing his role but like apart from the class two people yosuke uh, chie and yukiko like they they have a lot they're 
they're friends already and you can tell. I agree. Like I would I would have enjoyed a little bit more of the like it would have made sense for Risa and Naoto to have those conversations, but but I guess I mean Naoto is hard to get close to. Yeah. And Kanji does ingratiate himself uh to the other guys pretty well. I mean there's enough of that I think to to get across that this is a really tight knit group of friends. And I think the like that's one of the things that I'll come away with from the game, remembering like that group together and their closeness with the family dinners and group events and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that there definitely is room for improvement there, I think. Yeah. Certainly as far as just enjoying them, enjoying each other's company, we that's no, that's not an issue at all. I absolutely adore the group's dynamics, but thematically, as far as exploration of the themes go, there isn't as much crossover as there could have been between the group. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mentioned Rise and Nauso. What about Chie and Nauso talking to each other? Because Chie runs against the grain of what you'd expect a regular girl to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might have been interesting to examine. Uh, also, and I can't believe this was missed, but once Nauso becomes part of the group, there is no talk between her and Dojima at any point about detective work or him <laughs> apologizing for the way he's treated her it's as if it never happened which feels a bit strange and a bit of a missed opportunity there it might have been nice for example if now so you know spoke with him and he said look before i you know there are rules i have to follow and things i have to abide by as a policeman but i can totally see that you are dedicated to your work you know what you're talking about and if I had the choice, I would have you as a partner instead of, you know, that fucking swerp <laughs> I have to deal with. In ancillary conversations with each of them one-on-one, you get the fact that they respect each other. But why can't they have that conversation with each other? <laughs> yeah. What a counter-narrative that would have been. Again, that, that word I'm fond of when it comes to discussing this material, you know, to have an adult uh, a respect cell. Because the gym is no slouch himself as far as being a detective goes. Like, you know, to have him acknowledge and validate her work and say no you're fine as you are it's just that you know society isn't quite ready to bend to the, you know your you as a person i mean i would actually put now so in the same group of people as i would uh hanakawa from monogatari basically you know way too smart for their own good mm, yes by which i mean that's a good thing I mean, I'm going to quote uh, Bob Durr on this, which is to say that the world is not ready for her. And I think that's I think that's a reasonable way of putting it. But on the other hand, if you also don't particularly like the arc because it's not a full trans story, at least, or is rather a trans story that is insufficient or even derogatory, I can't, again, hold against you. You can read it either way. Yeah. And I think it might benefit the story to focus on one or the other because if it had been a story that was about, you know, sexism and, you know, not treating women with respect and also the fact that media doesn't really you know give women a voice or you know someone they can log up to that would have been great that would have been really strong that would have been really well handled uh, but they didn't do that so yeah and they didn't mm-hmm. do the trancing either so we kind of get a half measure which is still good yeah i think what's what's there is strong we could think of some ways it could have been even stronger this potential was still dormant within me I wasn't considering the things that I should have. The people who care about me as well as my own self. The detective. The child. The woman. The me who existed before them. I am simply myself.